0: welcome back to stationery and sassy a fast and furious quarantine podcast i'm your host
1: penelope and i'm your other host jamie how's it going jamie it's going really well how's it going with you uh i am doing
0: okay thank you i am doing okay So, we watched Fast and Furious Spy Racers Season 4, Mexico, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. And we will start the show as we always do by me asking you what your top line takeaway from these three episodes was.
1: Okay. So, I have something important (laughs) to say. (laughs) Penelope already knows this, but hasn't heard the whole story. But in the third episode of Spy Racers Mexico, they do like a whole episode about the demolition derby. And I have talked on the show before about how strongly I feel about the demolition derby. Um, So I already had some thoughts about that in general, but I was in the extremely like fortunate coincidental position that I watched these episodes. We're recording. It's Sunday morning right now. We're recording. I watched these episodes on Friday night and last night on Saturday night, I went to the Demolition Derby, and this was something that I already planned and had tickets for. It's been, like, sold out, and so I was like, I'm watching this Demolition Derby, I'm going to the Demolition Derby tomorrow, and then on Sunday, I'm going to talk about it with Penelope, and I'm going to have some thoughts. And I will tell you, I have quite a lot of thoughts, but what I actually think we should do is, like, talk about the first two episodes like a normal show, (laughs) because once we get to talking about the Demolition Derby, I think that's going to be, like, what we're doing.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. So it sounds like your tough line takeaway is that you very muchly enjoyed all of this.
1: I did. I really okay. like the demolition. Der- and they did the demolition derby <laughs> in Too Fast, Too Furious, and we talked yes. about it. But I was yep, really disappointed they when they were like, they talked about the demolition derby, but like they didn't really like do car stuff with it the way that I would expect Fast and Furious to do. So I was very excited to see, like, real intense Demolition Derby stuff going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the first two episodes. Let's. So in this season, they set it up, I think, in one of the most interesting ways they've done with the cartoon so far, which is that they have, like, the agency assumes Nowhere has, like, done a betrayal situation, right and so that like the little crew of spy kids and nowhere are on the run from the agency notably gary has remained allied with the agency which i think is like a very interesting setup
1: i totally agree yeah like like what what are your thoughts about this it's really interesting because like nowhere and gary's relationship is always so contentious and we've talked about yeah. like Many times how, like, it's contentious in, like, a funny way, but, like, actually they are, like, mean to each other and stuff. (laughs) And so it's interesting to see the difference between, like, friendly, funny contentiousness and, like, what's actually happening now, which is, like, you... Betrayed me and we are enemies and I will find you and fight you to the death. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, it's. I think it's. I think it's so interesting to have Gary and Nowhere on opposite sides of something because, like, I feel like Gar- Gary likes Nowhere, right? And like, it was surprising to me how quickly he gave up on her. And like, one of the lines is like, you know we've been at the agency together for five years. I'm honestly surprised she lasted this long. (laughs) I also actually, I want to just pause and rewind a little bit and talk about the very opening of episode one when they're chasing down Raffaella. Because one thing I sort of thought about this is like, Raffaella is such a good villain and she does like this great job of like evading the crew for a few cycles, right? And then like they finally catch her and like Tony attaches a... A uh, set of handcuffs to her and says, I finally put a ring on it. Uh <laughs> and I think this was such a good line for like the takedown of Rafaela, who you know is this like crazy villain who's obsessed with like social media fads and trends.
1: Yeah, for sure. I thought that whole montage was like fun. Um and the idea I always like when shows, because like you can't show everything that characters are doing, especially like between right, seasons. Right. And so I like when they kind of give you a hint of like, and all this other stuff has also been happening.
0: Yeah, and I also want to point out that this is not necessarily the end for her, right? Rafaela has broken out of an agency prison once before, right? And so it it sort of like stands to reason they might do so again, right?
1: For sure. I wonder if now that The main characters are on the run. They're gonna end up working with any of the villains. Rafaela probably not, I feel, because she's so crazy. But some of the other villains, I feel like they could be like, what like, well, 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 how the tables have turned.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So basically, it is the act of capturing Rafaela that then sort of triggers the accusation of nowhere, right? So they have this party at the agency headquarters. We get to meet Cisco's uncle who comes along to the party. They have a very weird party. That's yeah. But I want, I wanted to note, right. That Gary is having a great time. I mean,
1: Nowhere is also having a great time. The party for for the folks at home, they have this party where it's like, oh, we're celebrating like Nowhere has done like a hundred high profile cases or whatever. I don't remember exactly. But so they're like, throw her this agency party, but it's all these like field agents who have to be super secret. So like everyone shows up thinking it's going to be like this whole meet and greet mingle thing. And it's just all of these like security drones only. Like, mingling at this party, and, like, at one point there's, like, a photo booth, and, like, the drones, like, pose in the photos. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is the worst party, and it fucking rules.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and then some, like, weird, like, mecha suit guys show up and, like, cause this, like, laser grid defense system to appear before jumping off the roof of the building, which then explodes Right. Mm -hmm. And nowhere and the spy racers go on a chase after them and then get arrested. Right. And so Gary plays them some footage, which is like them having done the explosion. And that's kind of where the first episode ends.
1: Yeah. I too was, I too was surprised at how quick Gary like turned. Like when he was first accusing them, I was like, what why is he so sure about this and then he showed them that footage and I was like I mean obviously this is fake in some way but like it is pretty incriminating so like I kind of yeah, understand
0: but but like I actually I'm so curious to see if they ever resolve the plot point of the
1: footage like if they ever oh I'm sure they will I would be shocked if they didn't I think the people in the suits are have some sort of like cloaking thing where they can appear as different people.
0: Yeah, I was thinking something like that as well. I'm also very curious to see if they bring it back to Idris Elba in um. I was also uh, thinking Hob- that Hob- Hobbs and Shaw because, like, obviously this the, it has big Etion vibes. I right? totally
1: agree, and I'm desperate, as you know, for this show to tie in in a more meaningful <laughs> way with the mainline <laughs> movies. So I'd be very excited yeah. about that.
0: I personally think it's not going to happen, but it might, right? Like, this is the closest. This is the closest we've ever come. Yeah. So then anyway, uh, Frosty was not at the party because he had to spend time with his sister uh, so his moms could go out on a date. It turns (laughs) out that, of course, the sister is also an unstoppable hacker.
1: Which I love. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Incredible. And so she helps him like track down the crew by doing like very clever traffic pattern detection they also correlate with cisco's pit stains which i think is very funny <laughs> and then and then they break out tony and there was this beautiful moment where it was like thank you for saving me with a techno drone rave and they were like <laughs> it's not techno it's more like you know new <laughs> funk and then um, so i i watched the show with the subtitles on and the subtitles at this point read it's more like a And then the subtitles literally read, it's more like a open square brackets, imitates beat, close square brackets, comma, instead of a ellipses, open square brackets, imitates similar beat. Like,
1: like the subtitles do a joke. Fucking throwing shade in the subtitles.
0: I love that. And then anyway, so they break out the crew echo breaks herself out which i thought was very noticeable that like everyone else in the crew needed help getting broken out but echo did not uh and then and then yeah we kind of like get to the end of episode three Um, yeah they're
1: doing a lot of running from the cops which i like so
0: yeah i think that's like a good addition (laughs) we get introduced to the agency's tracker uh who is called palindrome palindrome because he always puts the bad guys back where they started, in jail.
1: I My favorite thing about Palindrome is that Nowhere is excited that they sent someone <laughs> so badass after her, and I fucking yeah. love that. It's very yeah. good.
0: It's very good. The other thing is he does a ridiculous workout. Yes. Like, he's talking to Gary and Julius and is doing this ridiculous workout. And I love it. And then and then they smash cut to him interviewing Prosty's sister. And it's like, give up that location. You said you would when we finished the tea. And then she's like, my stuffed toy never finished the tea.
1: (laughs) Big (laughs) Samantha Hobbs energy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My favorite my favorite moment in the like long scene of them break breaking each other out. Mm hmm. So, like you said, Tony was the first one that got broken out by the drones. And then Layla was the next one that he went to because she was nearest. And like Layla's sitting in the back of the van, and the, the the people are like talking to each other, the agency people, and like they're like, Yeah, we're under we're under attack. Like Tony Toretto, blah, blah, blah. And they show like a brief cut of Layla's face. And it made me think like, The feeling that she must have there (laughs) sitting in custody, listening to these guys freak out (laughs) about Tony must have been, like, so satisfying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That whole breakout situation was just, like, a lot of fun. Like, I think one thing with the show is, like, they continue to have these really incredible action set pieces, right? Like, they're doing a great job of putting these
1: together. So not only are they still doing paintballs... Which we, which we know every time they do it. But my favorite thing about it is that they have now, they have fought so many paintball guns that they have developed countermeasures for paintball specifically. And Layla's car now does a thing where it like sucks all the paint in.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. We, we can't have a single bullet firing gun in this universe, but we can develop advanced countermeasures to paintball guns. <laughs>
1: I want to talk about Cisco. Can we talk about Cisco for a minute? Of course. I love Cisco. I love Cisco. Cisco's becoming my favorite. And Mm -hmm. there were like two pieces that were kind of related that were like my, like making me have big feelings about Cisco. And the first was at the very beginning, Cisco and Frosty get into a fight about whether or not being in different kinds of climates can give you a cold (laughs) and he's just (laughs) like very casually like, Oh, not true, bro. Like climate change is weak in the immune system. (laughs) Very serious about it. Of course. Also I'm watching with my husband, Isaiah, who's sitting next to me on the couch and he's like, yeah, that's true. He's right about it. (laughs) But then later he does this, he's doing this like acting thing that he was honing in the last season. And when he is in his truck with the the agency that's taking him into custody he's doing this whole like freak out thing to like put them off guard and he's like where where are you taking me like what am I gonna have what are they gonna have to eat there I'm gonna get sick like vitamin d deficiency is real bro like what am I gonna do (laughs) and he gets like so method about it that then he's like actually freaked out about vitamin d deficiency and I just love Cisco so much he's so perfect
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. He ah, just, mm. the show, like they're having so
1: much fun with the show and it really, it re- really shows. I also like that he has an uncle that's a luchador, which we're obviously going to have. There's going yeah. all sorts of stuff about that that I'm looking forward to.
0: Wait. So I have, I have a question for you on the uncle before we uh, talk a little bit more about Noah's safe house. Do yes. you think the uncle, the uncle it, did it? No. Okay. I
1: think, I think the uncle is like, a ham-fisted uh red herring
0: i think so i think so too but like <laughs> it's like very funny to me because like i'm curious about uh what happened between the uncle and gary because presumably mm-hmm. gary didn't just let him like leave yeah when there was a big explosion
1: i think it's, it's partially the way that they're kind of posing it like you're supposed to believe that he was involved and that's kind of why I think that he wasn't but also I just think that like Cisco's whole thing is like being a good judge of character. I would yeah. be surprised if someone that like Cisco loves and trusts that like he insists is innocent is like actually guilty.
0: Yeah. Okay, that is that is a totally that is a totally excellent point. So I really want to talk about the scene with Palindrome and Nowhere at the safe house, Mm -hmm. because I thought it was really funny that they were, like, trading insults in, like, Spy, where it was like, (laughs) I'll give you two options, come in or go into the ground. And then Nowhere's like, here's a third option, I put you in the ground, and he's like, fourth option... I murder you. And she's like, isn't that the same as the second option? Put you in the ground. And then, and then Tony attaches an EMP to palindrome's car. It detects it. And he throws an anti-cloaking grenade and like palindrome starts chasing after them. And then there's what I think is the best line in these three episodes. Uh, Palindrome says, give up. It's the smart play. And Tony says, we don't do smart, (laughs) which I just loved. Okay, let's talk about the race Let's talk about the demolition derby And I will just fully throw to you for this part
1: Okay I actually, I got so excited about the demolition derby That I do not remember why they have to do it
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's to get it's to get so they lose the money when running away from oh, right, home right, right. Home, so, so they, they enter the race to win some cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also it, like actually before we get fully into this, I just need to say like this is the most insane race format you could possibly imagine. It's three separate races and the first race you have like two races and then the second race is like a drag race. And then like the third race is this demolition derby. And I'm like, what, what the fuck is all this?
1: I it's, it's so funny to me that you say, this is like the craziest format you can imagine because it's like much less crazy than what derby is like in real life. (laughs) I was laughing out loud in the stands of the demolition derby because at the beginning of the first race, so the, basically the premise is that there's like a series of events, which is what happens at Demolition Derby. And so they like each of the crew members has to win their event. You right. Know, great. The first one was just like a race. They do it on a figure eight track, which um, is common in, in Demolition Derby. And someone makes a comment that's like, this many cars can't fit on this track. And then there's, <laughs> there's like eight or ten cars or something like that. The race I was at last night, I am not shitting you, was 78 cars doing 75 laps at the same time. (laughs) About a third of them made it through 75 laps, and the car was still functioning. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It just ends up, that one actually wasn't a figure eight. They did do figure eight races, but, like, the inside of where the figure eight is was just, like, 47 broken down, fucked up cars. (laughs) When they were like wheeling out the 78 cars, they were labeled numbers one to 78 on the cars. (laughs) And like, they just kept coming out. Like we were just like, when is it going to end? It's so good. And then the race that Cisco did was the food truck figure eight. Um, where like the figure eight is such an interesting um, racetrack because like you have to cross each other's path right 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 and actually like the big kind of headline demolition derby event that is my personal favorite is a figure eight race like that but instead of food trucks it's with full-size school buses so i saw 13 (laughs) full-size school buses
0: oh my god oh my god (laughs) <laughs> so what happens if one of them just breaks down in the middle of the eight?
1: I've never seen that happen, but they there is like a mechanic for like red flag and everybody stops and then like okay in the in the school bus race, this doesn't really happen because there's only like 13, but in the race with 78 cars, like often a car will just like break down and be like stuck in the track and so they'll wave the red flag, everybody stops then, like, if they can drive their own car into, like, out of bounds, like, they will, but not always. Like, there was a mail hatchback, like, a USPS mail hatchback in the race, Uh and it got so crashed up that they had to bring out, like, a forklift to, like, pick up (laughs) the mail truck and take it off the track.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Um, The school buses are so intense like watching them slip by each other i have never seen and i've been to demolition derby like three times i just happened to be like yesterday um but i've never seen two school buses like hit direct hit inside the center of the figure eight Mm -hmm. um i've seen that with like they do like a boat trailer one that i've seen them like do direct hits like that but like i think the school buses are just so dangerous that the drivers know that like If they can detect that they're not going to make it, they, like, slow down and wait. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not what happens in a lot of the races. A lot of the races are, like, everyone is just at full speed, even when that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I feel like a school bus T intersecting another school bus is, like... Very bad.
1: Yeah, I've never seen the, I've never seen seen a T crash like that. But like, there's been a, like close calls. They swerve around each other in a dramatic way. Like mm-hmm. a couple of them were fishtailing so much that I was legitimately worried that the school bus was just gonna fall over on its side. But I've also never yeah. seen that happen. So <laughs> <laughs> I
0: guess, I guess school buses are probably a vehicle that is like hard to make fall over, right? You would want you would want that to be a design feature.
1: I guess they're just so much taller than the cars.
0: Yeah, but you would want them like if you I like if you think about what school buses are designed for, right? It's like not I killing mean, children.
1: You're right, but like none of the vehicles in the demolition derby are like doing what they were designed for anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I guess they I guess don't that's have rearview mirrors. Most sure. of them don't have any glass. Yeah. um they did a they did a backwards race they had to do five laps like going backwards the whole time mm-hmm. and which is already fucking wild but then we're like watching the drivers like look over their shoulders they don't have any fucking mirrors <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> they did a race where they had to go with the hood up like blocking mm-hmm. the windshield <laughs> <laughs> That The big, actually, the like, the big demo derby event... They did an actual demolition derby. So, like, I've been using the phrase demolition derby for both what I saw and what was in the show. But, like, a traditional demolition derby isn't a race. A traditional demolition derby is just cars crashing into each other until there's only one left. Sure. And they did do that as their last event, but most of them are, like, race events. And the most popular event is the trailer pull And what that is... Is people attach you have to attach a boat to the back of your car? Some people put it on a trailer, like on wheels. Other people literally just like attack, like tie <laughs> a boat off the back of their car that's like dragging on the ground behind them. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then it's just mayhem, and everybody is crashing into each other's boats and shit. <laughs> and you have to, like, it's a race but you are only eligible to win if you still have at least some of your boat left at the end. Sure. Um, If your boat is completely gone, you can continue racing to, like, make other people's lives more difficult, but, like, you're not eligible to win anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And the boat race doesn't sound as exciting as, like, school bus figure eights, but the boat race is... Like, I saw... A boat, like, fell off someone else's trailer. It was just sitting in the middle of the track, and I watched a car just barrel through, like, a T-intersection, except that, like, instead of, like, oh, there was a crash, it was, like, the car is still going. There just like, used <laughs> to be a boat here, and now there's, like, pieces <laughs> of a boat.
0: <laughs> I don't... I... I That's amazing. It's I have, like, so no... Good. I have no words. That's incredible.
1: I love Demolition Derby so much, and, like, it's so funny to go to, because, like, it is the most... I, I fit in the least of any event that I go to in my life. At <laughs> Yesterday was also the 20th year anniversary of 9-11. So I'm just <laughs> sitting in the stands completely surrounded by people wearing like thin blue line T-shirts that are like, if you stomp my flag, I'll stomp your face. Freedom. Uh-huh. And then it's like a picture of the American flag, but like the stripes are made of like bullets. <laughs> Yeah. And this is everyone around me. And I'm I'm there for my gay bachelor party with my husband who's wearing a rainbow suit and uh-huh. we're just like screaming about television, television.
0: And and to be clear to everyone at home, the clear stance of this podcast is strongly a cab.
1: I think it would be really difficult that anyone has listened to us talk before. Not. <laughs> <laughs> just just, you know. You know, just in case
0: there's anyone out there who doesn't know, yeah. (laughs) fuck the police.
1: Yeah, it's just so great. And so here, well, here's my, like, I guess my, I was going to say like, oh, you should come up and we can go to Demolition Derby together, which like you like you should. Yeah. But also I'm actually like already looking into logistically what I will need to do to drive in the Demolition Derby next season. -hmm. I'm planning to drive in the demolition derby next season. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I've been saying for a few years that it's kind of a bucket list thing for me, but like watching it last night got me really hyped, and like I have a car that's like kind of it's not quite on its absolute last legs, but I don't think it's Uh gonna survive more than another year, maybe two, and so Mm -hmm. now my realistic plan is like when my toyota matrix hatchback is <laughs> is done and i'm not going to drive it anymore as a car i will take it to the holland speedway to die and it will have a viking funeral as i do the demolition that, derby with it
0: that's incredible i feel <laughs> like i feel like we should record a podcast episode of that
1: oh i God. will like
0: I will come in the pits with you, and I will bring like a field recording device, and I will like talk to all the like real race people there, oh and be God. like, "This is my friend Jamie. They're like going to go in the demolition derby, and they're going to really lose to
1: you in the, yeah. the
0: cars." <laughs> yeah, um, and neither of us know anything about cars. How do you feel about this? And just like get some. Let's do it. Let's do a let's do a demolition derby podcast.
1: I actually strongly suspect that. Like the general, I mean, I'm sure there are some like shitty gatekeeping dudes or whatever who are like, you don't know Uh about cars, why you race? But like demolition derby isn't like a regular race. Like I was looking at these 78 cars and wondering Uh like how many of these people is it their goal to win? (laughs) 20% <laughs> like 20% tops Think that they have any chance Again only about a third of the cars Finished there was one car that Literally did not even make it around One full lap before I was dead. <laughs> And I'm like you know what If that's me if I If I don't even make it around one whole full lap that's fucking fine. Like the part of the experience that I want is like painting up my shitty car crazy. Cause they're all uh-huh. like crazy, crazy designed.
0: You got, you got to do trans rights on the car, you know?
1: I actually, like, I think I could get away with, like, a rainbow, but I legitimately think that, like, trans rights might not be, like, an okay thing to do on the car. (laughs) There was a rainbow car last night, and I was very excited about it. And they, actually, the rainbow car (laughs) won the trailer boat race. There we go. There we go. Just trans rights. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I had this whole joke that I was, like, I was, like, well, obviously we can't do, like, an Antifa theme. Cause we'll get, (laughs) but then I was like, but then I was like, well, what if, what if we did an Antifa theme, but we did it like a parody of like a wrestling heel Uh-huh. And I like come in with like my balaclava and I'm like, ah Antifa's here, and I'm gonna steal all your TVs from the store. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I love this. I, I so I so profoundly love all of this. It's great.
1: Oh, also I was sitting next to a woman who was like cheering very hard. Like some people are clearly just there to like have fun. Like I wasn't cheering for a specific car. <laughs> Um, but this yeah. woman next to me was like clearly cheering for like car number 18, who was in several of the events. And like I ended up getting like talking to this woman and she was like, oh, yeah, that's my boyfriend. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes, this woman's boyfriend. And the people who are sitting right next to us were very cool. And he ended up coming in second in like the actual demolition derby. Like there were two cars left and it was this woman's boyfriend and like some other guy just like chasing each other around the track, trying to like bumper cars it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Incredible. so good when I do it everyone can come and cheer for me they had yeah. their racers sign autographs at the end and I was like I can sign autographs <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes you can nobody will
1: <laughs> want it because I'm gonna do bad
0: <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say about <laughs> either the demolition derby or Fast and Furious, uh, Furious Spy Racers 1, 2 or 3
1: I just love the show so much I feel like I'm the target audience
0: I mean, I think you and I... I mean, we are not the target audience in the sense that the target audience is children. But I think you and I are the target audience in a different way, which is that we are the ultimate Fast and Furious fans.
1: I think that we are big Fast and Furious fans. I think there are a lot of other people in life that are also, like, big Fast... In fact, the guy sitting in front of me at the Demolition Derby, like, mentioned Fast and Furious to my face yesterday. And I was like, yes... yes i have opinions (laughs) so i think there are other fast and furious super fans that are on our level but i legitimately Uh think we might be the world's biggest fans of spy racers (laughs) i
0: I would be i would be shocked if that were not true
1: (laughs) i hope the people that work on spy racers listen to our show if i worked on spy racers i would be listening to our show
0: if they've discovered it, I, yes, I hope that they, they all listen. <laughs> hey, hey, Spy races people, if anyone, if anyone listening to the show works on Fast and Furious Spy races please tweet at me at Jamie. We would love to have you on. It would be so much fun.
1: We can tell, as we've said many, many times on our show, we can tell that you're having fun and we are also yeah. having fun. So I think it would be great fun to do it together. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Stationery and Sassy, a Fast and Furious Quarantine podcast from me, Penelope.
1: And me, Jamie.
0: Until next time, we'll be living our lives a quarter mile at a time.
1: Penelope, Penelope, I'm really going to be living my life a quarter mile at a time. When I do television derby. <laughs> <laughs> In yes, my Toyota is- Matrix hatchback. <laughs>